You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Better Man Podcast. My name's Adam Tarno, joined today by Chris Harper. Chris, we're going to talk about a big church word today, right? Uh, evangelism. Lordy, lordy. Can mean a lot of different things. Yes. Have you noticed, like, corporate America has kind of latched on to that word where they'll, they'll talk about product evangelists. Absolutely. Where it's people that are going to go out there and rave about the new iPhone 14 or rave about uh, whatever new product is out there. And so they've kind of latched on to this word where some in the church are kind of trying to distance themselves from it. <laughs> uh, corporate America's going, fine, we'll take it. We yeah, like that word. Coca-Cola loves it. They do. What does yeah. it mean, though? Let, let's define it. Yeah, evangelism literally means um, someone who professes the good news. So, so an evangelist is someone who proclaims or professes the good news of Jesus Christ. Evangelism would essentially be the vehicle, the methods of doing that. That's right. Everybody has evangelized at some point in their life, right? I think about uh, when we're recording this in the fall of 22, the big movie this summer, Top Gun Maverick, right? I evangelized for that thing, right? I went around and proclaimed the message of how great that movie. Have you seen that? You haven't seen it? You got to go see that, right? And so we've all told people something that we're excited about, and we've interrupted their life, not waited for the perfect moment. We've started conversations with it. Have you seen, or have you read, or have you been? Uh, have you eaten at this place? So we've we've got it in us to do this, right? This isn't this isn't a, a weird skill for some of us. No, absolutely not. Like it comes naturally. We love to share about things that we love. And we love to tell people about things that have impacted our life, and and we do that naturally. We're we're created in community. You know, God is the the OG community, Father, Son, and Spirit, and He's created us to live in community with others. So when things impact our life, we wanna we wanna tell people about it. You know, I've got a I've got a a good friend. He was a he was a just all star standout basketball player, and he tells the story that when he was a junior in high school. Him and his best friend shared a locker all through school playing basketball. So his junior year, um, his grandmother takes him to a thing called a tent revival. So he goes on Monday night, and he doesn't tell the team. He goes after practice and, you know, hears about Jesus, hears about the gospel, comes back on Tuesday, goes to practice, goes back to the tent revival Tuesday night. You know, hears about Jesus, hears about the gospel. Wednesday, goes to practice, goes back to the tent revival Wednesday night, and then gets saved like comes to believe in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and gets baptized at the tent revival on Wednesday night. So Thursday after practice, he, um, he wants to share about it. He wants, to, he wants to tell somebody, so he shuts the locker and he looks at his best friend and he says, man, I have something to tell you. I've been going to a tent revival every night this week, and last night I was saved. I've, I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And he said his best friend looked at him and said, oh, bro, that's cool. Yeah, I'm saved too. And my friend began to cry, and he looked at his buddy, and he said, when were you going to tell me? When were you going to tell me? And um, uh, that's the question for us today. Like, like, if Jesus has saved you, you know, when are we going to tell people? How are we going to tell people? You know, Charles Spurgeon went as far as saying, if you do not have a desire to tell people about Christ, then you can't be saved. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to make that statement, but I get where he was coming from. Yeah, it certainly puts a pebble in your shoe and That's makes right. you think, right? Uh, 
It it could be. I, I've thought about it at times as um, if, if there is a keystone habit that truly points to the authenticity of your faith, uh, that one might be it. Again, I might reserve the right to change my mind on that, but it's it's hard to not truly believe the good news of what God has done through Jesus Christ, um, and yet go talk about it, right? Like, I, it, that, that feels like you wouldn't—it would be so inauthentic to go and not truly believe the gospel and go try to share it with others. So it becomes really, in some ways, an evidence of somebody's belief when they do start to talk about it with others. Now, there's some barriers to it, and I think about, again, I've told stories multiple times about, you know, new Christian in college. I remember going home one summer, working at my dad's company, and talking about my faith with a coworker, it was my boss, and she was like, "Well, I want to learn more about this, and I have some questions for you about faith because I've been thinking a lot about this." So she was probably 15 years older than me, and so we went to lunch, and it was it was a train wreck. I mean, I did not know what to say. She started asking some really hard questions, and my faith had very little, you know, understanding. I couldn't quote. Bible verses. I look back on it now, and she she said this, that I know now that I didn't know then, and, and it kind of stumped me. She goes, well, my dad always said that if, uh, if I had been fasting for 40 days in the desert, I probably would have seen a burning bush too. And I, at the time, I was like, that's a really good point. That's right. Now I'm like, what do I do with those that? are two completely different testaments, right? That's like right. that Moses from <laughs> over here and Jesus over here, That's like right. I had no foundation for yeah. any of that. So yeah. I was really gun shy to go and and preach the gospel or share the gospel because I was yeah. like, I kind of need to know some stuff about my faith before I go yeah. and share this. So equipping is certainly a part of it, right? Absolutely. Being able to articulate it and understand your faith. Yeah. But we may hide behind that a little bit, would you say? Oh, for sure. I think... I think that's the main thing we hide behind. Um, I think for for years now, uh, Christians, uh, maybe men in general, we we've been equipped and equipped and equipped and equipped, and at some point we have to go. You know, we we in the West, uh, specifically in the U.S., we we literally have the best Bible teachers, scholars, preachers, commentaries that the world has ever known, and we we literally have it at our disposal, at our fingertips, right? So. Like, lack of equipping can no longer be an excuse. It cannot be an excuse. Like, it is, it is time to, to go. And, and one of the reasons I think we don't go like we should isn't so much that, that we're, we're afraid we don't know enough, right? Because I would, I would tell you that, that your, your plan to go to lunch with her and not know all that you should is better than not doing anything at all. That's right. Yeah. One of I things, could have used that encouragement 20 years ago. But, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate 20 years that. later, man. Way to go. Um, one of the things I love about the gospel, Paul says in Philippians at one point, like there are people out there using the gospel maliciously, but then he says, praise be to God because the gospel is still being made known. Like, like God's going to use your terrible gospel presentation to win people. And I love that. I, 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 I am a trained theologian. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bible teacher. Um, I witnessed to a young man for probably five years trying to get him to know the Lord. I spent countless hours with this man. I spent thousands of dollars on, on bettering his life, um, helped get him to college. I'll never forget one year, one summer, he came home from college and he said, hey, um, I want to go see God's Not Dead, this movie. And I'm like, are you sure? I'm not a big fan of Christian movies. And he's, and he's like, yeah, man, I want to go see it. I said, great, let's go see it. So we go see it, and we're walking in the parking lot, 
and he grabs my shoulder and he says, Pastor Chris, he said, I get it. I said, you get what? He said, the gospel. Jesus, Jesus died for me. Jesus saved me. He said, I get it. And I just wanted to choke him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God's not dead, did it? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, after years of me investing and giving you this stuff, like, God's not dead's that, the one? That movie, that's it. And, and of course, I, I got over myself real yeah. quick, you know, and got to baptize him the following Sunday. And and so so even a, even a bad presentation, that's yeah. so awful. God's yeah. not dead's a good, good presentation. Film. Go see uh, it. Yeah, yeah, go see it. Yeah, buy it on DVD. Yeah. People still do that. Yeah. Um, but it's a, uh, uh, yeah, it never goes out. It never goes out void. So, so I, I think it's just... It's 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 this trepidation about going right and offending people. Um, I think it's a pride issue. Like we don't want to be seen as weird, um, so we're not going to be bold with our faith. And and that's that's contrary to to the Bible because as Christians, you're already weird. Yep. Um, you believe that a previously dead guy is coming back to rescue you on a horse. <laughs> that's like, good. Like that's super weird. Yeah. You know, and and I think our problem today is we're not weird enough. Uh, um, um, we're we're not that distinct. I heard something about Paul Washer one time, and he said, he said, man, if if Chris Harper gets invited to preach at a church and he shows up forty five minutes late, the church is going to look at him and say, hey, man, that's you know that's disrespectful. We invited you to preach. You should have been on time. And and then Chris says, well, you know what? I was going to be on time. I was driving over. Um, I saw a van full of orphans. They needed a tire changed. I went to change the tire. The lug nut rode off into the road. And when I went to pick it up, a log truck going 90 miles an hour hit me, mm. which is why I'm late. Yeah. And the pastor would say, bro, you're either crazy or you're lying. And I would say, no, no, it was a van full of orphans. I had to stop changing the tire, lug nut in the street. A log truck going 90 miles an hour hit me. And the pastor would say, bro, you're either crazy or you're lying. And I would say, why, why do you keep saying that? And he would say, because when a log truck hits you going 90 miles an hour, you look different. And Chris, you don't look different. Well, man, I would tell you the same thing. When the grace of God hits you like a log truck, man, we look different. Like we're supposed to look and talk and walk and we're supposed to be different. And, and today I don't, I don't see a whole lot of difference in believers and then people lost in the world. Yeah. Let's keep exploring that idea of pride and this this called to be strange. Because, uh, I, I, again, I think people can driving around listening to that going, yep, <clears throat> that's exactly right, that's it. But yeah. then they're going to get back to their office, not want to do anything, get back yeah. in their neighborhoods, apartment complexes, wherever it is. So... Um, what what go more say a little bit more about that pride and how that does get in the way or or what are some things that you do maybe a better way to approach this things that you do to remind yourself that um, I can fight through some of this awkwardness right That's now right, right so so every day I have to remind myself Chris don't fear man you know man man can kill you but but it's God who can destroy the soul so um, I have to remind myself of that don't fear man. Secondly, I have to remind myself of the gospel and what the gospel has done for me and, and how I should want to share that with others. So it, it, it's not like I'm a natural evangelist. No, I need the Holy Spirit of God to move me towards people. Otherwise, I'd just hang out and listen to music all day. Um, but, but no, I got it. So I got to ask God, man, you know, revive the gospel in me. Remind me of your goodness, right? And then, and then I just look for practical ways to share him. You know, one of, one of the ways I do that, I, I have the gospel on my voicemail. So if you call my cell phone, 
Um, I'm not going to answer, especially if I don't know the number. I'm going to send you to my voicemail on purpose. And it starts out, hey, this is Chris. You missed me, but don't miss this. And I just do a 30, 40-second gospel presentation. And yeah, I've, I've done it for like 10 years. Um, the stories I have from that are unreal. Um, I had a pizza delivery girl one time delivering a pizza to me um, who I sent to voicemail. She was trying to find my house. Ultimately, she did. When I opened the pizza box that night to eat, there was a note taped to the box that said, hey, um, I was going to kill myself tonight until I heard that voicemail. Tomorrow I'm going to go to church and try to find out who this Jesus guy is. I had a sales guy from Pittsburgh call me one time. He was trying to sell me something. I, I listened to the voicemail, and he's just bawling. He's crying. Man, I don't, I don't want to sell you anything. Call me. <laughs> tell me about Jesus. Like I called him back and told him yeah. about Jesus, right? So um, that's a weird thing I do. Yeah. Um, I just share a little, a little gospel message on my on my voicemail. Um, I'm a tracked guy, a, a gospel track guy. So I've I've got little three by five tracks in my truck. Um, I was at a Dallas Stars game the other night, and and I'm paying for parking. And as I pay for parking, I told the young lady, "Hey, this is my King Jesus. Would love for you to read about him." And I just handed her a track. She said, "Thank you," and put it in her pocket. Yeah. Right. Um, often when I get gas, um, you know how you slide the credit card in and out. I'll slide the track into the credit card machine so that the next person has to pull it out before they put their card in, right? That right? could go one of two ways, yeah, but that's, yeah, right. but that's, that's good right. to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so super weird things like that. But I'm I'm just looking for little opportunities uh, just to share the goodness of God and 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 the grace of Jesus, right? And 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 listen, I'm not a I'm not a guy that says this is the way to do it, right? So, so I was trained by Ray Comfort, right, uh, to use the law to show someone their sin. And, and, and I love that, and I've done that, right? Um, I remember uh, sitting at a Buffalo Wild Wings one day by myself, and, and you know, I was led to witness to the waitress. And I just said, hey, hey, do you think you're a good person? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'm a great person. <laughs> One I of said, the best. Thanks yeah, for asking. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the best on the planet. And I said, I said, you know what? I, I, I thought that too. I said, I said, can I ask you a couple questions? She said, yeah. I said, have you, ever, um, have you ever told a lie, just like even like a little white lie? She's like, yeah, I do that all the time. Um, I said, yeah, the, the Bible actually says that, that that makes us liars. And I said, have you ever, have you ever stolen anything like like giving someone a Coke and not charging them for it. She's like, yeah, we call that floating drinks. Like we do that. And I said, you know what the Bible calls that? She said, a stealer. And I said, no, that's a team in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I said, I said, it calls us a thief, right? And, 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 and I just walked down. I said, I said, have you ever looked at something that someone has and like in your heart you wanted that? I said, that, that means we're coveters. Like, like we covet things. And I said, by your own admission, you're, you're a lying, thieving, covetous. And I said, do you really think you're good? And she's like, I guess I'm not. I said, would you like to sit down and for me to tell you who is good? And she said, yes. And she sat down and, and I shared the gospel with her, right? Because uh, I wasn't a good person. Like, I'm, and I still wrestle with that, right? So, so like the whole law thing, like I've practiced that. It's good. Um, there was a big movement in the 80s and 90s called friendship evangelism, right? So get to know someone and befriend them and invite them into your life. And eventually, you know, you get to share Jesus by, by how you live, but, but ultimately by your words. I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think we pretend to like people to tell them about Jesus. I think that's bad. Yeah, very disingenuous. And um, I remember years ago, my wife worked with a ministry called Scarlet Hope. They, they went into strip clubs uh, to evangelize to the women there. And she told me one night, she came home and she said, hey, there's a, there's a DJ slash bouncer at this club named Jonathan who I want you to reach out to. So I called Jonathan the next day and, and took him to lunch and 
Um, I said, Jonathan, man, what do you do? And he's like, oh, man, I'm a DJ bouncer at the Shake Joint, and, you know, that's what I do. And he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a pastor. And he's like, oh, man, sorry. And I'm like, no, it's all good, bro. And um, during lunch, I told him, I said, Jonathan, like, there's no way that's fulfilling what you do. Like, you can't convince me that it is, just looking at those women night in and night out and doing that. And he's like, Chris, you're right. It's not. He's like, but the reality is, he said, I live above the club. I don't have a car. And I can't go find a job. I said, Jonathan, it is your lucky day. I know a guy that oversees a ministry that gives people cars. If I get you a car, do you think you could go find another job? He said, absolutely. So the next, the next week, I get him a car. So three months later, um, we go back out to lunch. He's been coming to church every Sunday. It's been great. And so after lunch, I said, man, I said, how's the job search going? You know, how's your relationship with Jesus? You know, he said, Chris, I was, he said, I was afraid to tell you this, but uh, I haven't looked for a new job. And uh, honestly, I've been coming to church for three months, and man, I don't understand this Jesus stuff. I, I, I don't believe it. And he said, I was afraid to tell you because I didn't know how that was going to affect our relationship. Man, Adam, in, in, in the moment, the Holy Spirit came over me, and I looked at him. I said, Jonathan, God doesn't judge me on whether you come to know him or not. God judges me on whether I love you or not and whether I share truth with you. And I'm telling you, bro, you need Jesus. He started crying. He said, man, that's deep. I'll see you in church next week. <laughs> Six months later, he came to know the Lord. Come on. And uh, uh, so I think friendship evangelism works and being sure. sincere and being yeah. authentic. But it's just looking for those little moments, those little interruptions in life mm. to point someone to King Jesus. That's we just right. need to be aware. Yeah. So the person that's sitting there going, okay, I've had an experience like Adam did at lunch where I didn't know anything about anything. Some great, you know, there's great ways to get equipped. Uh, so they feel equipped. Give them that last bit of encouragement, right? Like, go go start with this, right? What what yeah. is what is this? Yeah. So um, one of probably the the easiest ways to start, and and I don't mean that in a negative. This is a good way as well. Is start by sharing your personal testimony with somebody. Um, people are genuinely interested in one another. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is somebody out there that would love to hear your story, and maybe you start by asking them their story. That's and good. then you get an opportunity to share your story. But one of the one of the simplest ways to point people to Jesus is just to share about what he's done in your life. That's good. And just leave it at that. Yep. Leave it at that. I like that. Just yeah. share your story because we've all got one Absolutely. great way to yeah. uh to do all that. So yeah. and you know, and some of that depends on what part of the country you live in. I mean, and if our friends that are listening in the southeast would be completely appropriate or very natural on a Monday to be like, oh, do you go to church? Or ask somebody, where do you go to church? Right. That may be different in another part. So again, other there's other little questions like yeah. that that you can just start getting yeah. into spiritual conversations with people. Absolutely. And, and, and another thing I want our listeners to hear is, is, is be ready. You know, Peter commands us to, to, to be ready to share the hope we have, right? So, so my hope is you're living in such a way that people look at you and they think you're a little weird. Like, you love your wife in such a way that it causes people to think, man, what's different about that guy? You, you shepherd your children in such a way. You, you work with such an integrity that people are like, man, what's, like, what's different about you? And in that moment, like, that's my favorite question in all the world. When someone comes and says, Chris, like, why do you do that? And I'm like, man, let me tell you about Jesus and what he did in my life. Like, he's the motivation behind everything. So, so maybe living in such a way that you're going to welcome and solicit questions so that you then have a platform, especially maybe in the north and northeast <laughs> yep, where, yep. where it's not as warm. Yep. 
Um, but people will engage with you and then you're ready to share the hope you have. I love it. Great stuff as always, Chris. Uh, as always, great to be with you. You too, brother. See you next time. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Better Man podcast. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or if you just want to learn more about the Better Man experience, head on over there to betterman.com. This episode, like every episode of the Better Man podcast, was produced and edited by the team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.